had one more time this morning. So glad that you're here. Uh, we're going to open up the Bible this morning to John chapter 14. We're going to go to verse 1 if you have your Bible. If not, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it on the LED Bible for you. And uh, I want to say something that's been just on my heart for the past several weeks. I shared this with our team. Uh, if you've ever been to a church before, a lot of times you can step into a church and very quickly you can kind of pick up on the culture of that church during the message um, or during worship. And what I mean by that is typically uh, you, you can go and, and you can go, oh man, that's a, you know, that's a church that they do this in worship or they do this during the message. Um, one of the things that's been so amazing to Maddie and I since we have gotten to Nashville is there are so many churches here where it's just a hodgepodge of styles and cultures. And we want that to be the style of way church worship as well. Because when we get to heaven, uh, heaven is not going to be just filled with people who are loud worshipers. It's going to be filled with people who are quiet worshipers. It's not going to be just people who shout at the preacher and say amen. It's also going to be people who are quiet and take notes. And so when people come to Way Church, we don't want them to leave going, oh, that's a church that's full of quiet people, or that's a church that's full of loud people, or that's a church full of people who stand still in worship, or that's a church full of people who dance in worship. We want them to come in and go, that's a church that looks like heaven. Yeah. And so I'm just going to just give you permission right up front. I get excited. I'm probably going to shout at some point. Uh, forgive me if you're a quiet person, but uh, we are just wanting and believing that our church is going to look like heaven. And so I'll give you the freedom. Worship God the way that you feel led to worship God this morning and uh, let your neighbor do the same. Amen? Amen. John 14, 6 uh, is, is the big verse, but we're going to start in verse 1. This is what it says. Do not let your hearts be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth in the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through me. I want to talk to you this morning around a subject that I have been praying about, I have been thinking about for a year straight now. And uh, the title of my message this morning is simply, I Found a Way. I Found a Way. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for these moments. We don't take them for granted. We ask that you'd speak to us now through your word. We love you. We're so grateful that the NFL is back today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So uh, when I was in college, I participated in something called adventure photography. And I know that most of you have probably never heard of that term before. So let me just explain to you that adventure photography is when you do uh, really sketchy, dangerous things uh, so that you can take photos of them and post on the internet to impress people that you've never met before. 
Okay, that's what adventure photography is. We would literally go to these mountaintops or we would go to these skyscrapers in New York City. And me and my buddies, we would go, we would take a camera and we would try to take a photo of the craziest thing imaginable so that we could post it on the internet and get internet clout, okay? So I'm gonna show you a couple photos that uh, were taken of me in college. I know there's a ladder. Uh, that's me, that is a water tower right there. Uh, this is stupid. My mom's here. Mom, close your eyes. Um, that is so dumb. This is me, uh, my freshman year of college in Chattanooga. Those are clouds right there. That's it's crazy. Uh, let's go then. Yep. Okay. Do you see this little person right here? That's my friend. This is Yosemite National Park. This is absolutely crazy. Actually, five minutes before this, a dude jumped off that cliff with a squirrel suit. No joke. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, next photo. Okay, this is me. This is in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And, and this is the photo that I want to focus on for a few minutes because this was absolutely dumb. Uh, so dumb. Do you notice I don't have shoes on? I'm wearing socks. I have wool socks on. Uh, those wool socks never thought they would see that view ever, and they did. Um, the funniest thing about our trips is that there was me and three or four other guys. We, we all did this. I was normally the one in the photos because I was the dumbest, and they were normally the ones safely on land taking photos. The funniest thing about this is none of us really liked the outdoors. We just liked people being amazed at the photo. So, like, we would take a picture like this, post it on the internet with a caption like, one with nature, <laughs> you know, or, or like in tune with the trees, like these random things, but none of us even liked outside, right? So th this is what my college experience looked like. And uh, on this particular day, this was actually supposed to be a relatively easy mission for us. So there were a lot of times where we would literally drive somewhere at like six in the evening, we'd get there at like midnight, we would hike through the night, like midnight to 6 a.m. to get to a spot like this so that we could take a photo. This is just what we did. And so uh, this one was supposed to be easy. This is in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we were supposed to drive there. It was about an hour and a half from where we were staying. We were going to park in a paved parking lot, which was very rare to get photos like this, and we were going to just hike 30 minutes and be there right at 6 a.m. for the sunrise to take this photo. So we get to the parking lot, we get out of the car, and my friend Corey jumps out of the car and he goes, all right, follow me. And he said it so confidently that we all just started following him. You ever been around someone who says something super confident and, and you just do what they say because of their confidence? This was one of those moments. He's super confident, he's like, follow me. And so we just are like, amazing, let's go. Take us to the Instagram promised land. Let's go get this photo. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're like, we're just pumped. We're, we're following him. And, and we didn't know if he'd ever been there. We never asked that. We didn't know if he knew where he was going. We didn't ask that. We just start following him. And so 30 minutes go by, 60 minutes go by. Finally, one of my buddies goes, hey, Corey, I thought this was supposed to be a 30-minute hike. He goes, yeah, the terrain's just really tough today, which that should have been the first red flag because normal people don't use the word terrain. And so we just keep going. And we keep walking and two hours goes by and three hours goes by and three and a half hours into our hike, my friend Corey stops dead in his tracks, turns around and goes, I don't think I know the way. <laughs> I was so mad. 
the plan was to take a photo, get back to Knoxville where, where he was living. We were going to watch college football all day. Okay, he made me miss a Georgia game. I've only missed two Georgia games in 10 years. One of them, I was officiating a wedding, and I still had it up besides my Bible during the ceremony. Um, I was so upset. We were so mad. But uh, we ended up getting that photo at 6 p.m. that night. We, we found our way eventually. We got the photo. We're all mad, hot, bothered, tired, angry, but we did find it. And it had me thinking, I was looking at those photos with some family this week, and it had me thinking about that journey and how we're really all just trying to find our way, aren't we? Just trying to find the way. Oh, I just want to find the way for my family. I just want to find the way to purpose. I just want to find a way to make a difference. I just want to find a way to, to, to being whatever your version of successful looks like in this life. If I could just find the way. And there's no shortage of people who are hopping out of the car going, come on, follow me. I know the way. If you'll just make more money, if, if you'll just do what I'm doing, if you'll just grind harder, if you could just have a little bit more in the retirement account, if you could just have a little bit more of a picture-perfect family, if you could just, just, just follow what I'm doing, I promise you one day you're going to find the way. And so what happens is we all wake up and we start being tempted at the very least, many times we just start doing it, to climb this ladder, this ladder of life. This ladder that just says, like, says to us in our, in our minds, like, you just got to go a little harder. If you could just do a little bit more. If people could just notice you a little bit more. If, if you could just have a little bit more money. And what happens is, is we just feel this pressure. And, and it's because there's people yelling, this is the way. This is the way. And to us, it's like, man, everybody's chasing this way. So it's got to be worth it. You know, the grind has got to be worth it. The time I'm putting in has got to be worth it. If I could just get to the top. The view is going to be worth it. But the way always seems just a little bit out of reach, doesn't it? You get one foot on the ladder, and you're like, oh, I thought that was going to feel different. Maybe if I keep going. Get another foot on the ladder. Oh, man, it didn't really hit the way I thought it was going to hit. It's probably because I'm not high enough. You get another foot on the ladder. I'll speak for me, maybe not for you, but... A lot of times I get more and what ends up happening is the more I was craving, it doesn't satisfy me, it actually empties me. What I want to suggest to you this morning is that the way lied to you. That the way that people are telling us for our lives is, is not going to give you what you think it's going to want. Here's a quote from Jim Carrey. He said, I wish everybody could get rich, famous, and more successful than they ever dreamed of. That way they could see for themselves that this is not the answer. Jim Carrey recently gave his life to Jesus, which is wild. If you haven't seen his testimony, you should check it out. Um, here's a quote from one of my favorite people in the world. We're going to be friends one day. His name's Justin Bieber. He said, I ran really hard after dreams during my youth. It took me a long time to realize that I didn't like where I was running. It took me even longer to realize I was less happy at the finish line than I was at the starting line. We've never had more people telling us this is the way. We've never had more people saying that the view is worth the climb. And yet statistics and data prove to us that we have never had more people depressed. We've never had more families falling apart. 
We've never had a lonelier world. We've never had people who are less happy than the, than the people that we have living on earth right now in 2023. It reminds me of Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death. What if the way up the ladder is one big lie? What if the way up the ladder is crowded because the world promised us that it was heaven up there, but one day we're gonna get up there and realize it was hell the entire time? The world is screaming, this is the way to freedom, but the destination is slavery. What if the way lied to you? 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus shows up. Jesus was a carpenter from Galilee, which is just a fancy way of saying he wasn't successful and he was from nowhere. And he shows up and just like a bunch of people before him, he goes, this is the way, follow me. This is the way follow me. The only difference was he didn't seem to have the things that people who would normally say this is the way had. He wasn't very successful. He wasn't wealthy. As I said, he was a carpenter. He built tables for a living, but it's not like Chip and Joanna Gaines tables. This is, there was no HGTV show. He was more of a yard sale guy. Built tables, but he, he starts telling people this is the way. And people 2,000 years ago were just as, as desperate as they are today to find the way. They were just as broken. They were just as lonely. They were just as depressed. And so they're so desperate that they're watching this man, Jesus, say, this is the way, follow me, that they actually start to do it. And the results are astounding. People's lives begin to be flipped upside down. There was a man named Paul who had every version of success that you could possibly want at a young age. And this is what he said in Philippians 3, 8, verses 9 once he started following Jesus. Yes, all the things I once thought that were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought had go I had going for me is insignificant. Check this, dis, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. The way of Jesus was so different it was so different than everybody else. His way up was so different, and yet his soul seemed so free. Everybody around Jesus, guys, I've been praying for this moment since 5 a.m. Everybody around Jesus was going, this is the way. This is the way. If I could make more, if I could do more, if I could become more, I'm gonna stop right here. Gotta make it up here, this is the way. And Jesus comes and he says, follow me, this is the way. Only Jesus wasn't trying to make more, he was trying to give it away. Jesus wasn't trying to become more, he was trying to become less. Jesus, wasn't trying to hang out with the cool popular crowd. He was trying to hang out with the people who were the outcast. Jesus wasn't making a life about himself. He was making his life about others. In a world that was screaming, climb the ladder, Jesus came to be the ladder. He said, you need hope? Come and stand on me. You need peace? Come and sit with me. 
You need joy? Come and listen to me. You need, you need fulfillment? Come and walk with me. You need freedom? Come and listen to my words. Jesus Christ showed up in a world that was screaming, this is the way. And he comes and he goes, this is not the way. I have found the way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I found a way. People come back screaming for the first time. People put their trust in Jesus, and for the first time and the only time in human history, they come back going, I have found a way, only it's not a path, it's not a place, it's not a destination, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. Can I tell you why we started Way Church? It's because a group of people got together and said, I found a way for my life to matter through Jesus. I found a way for my soul to find rest. I found a way for my family. I found a way for my career. I found a way to get into heaven, and his name is Jesus. If you're here today and you're looking for a way, try Jesus. If you're looking for a better way for your life, try Jesus. If you're looking for a better way for your eternity, try Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can satisfy your soul. We call ourselves Way Church because our vision is not to climb the ladder. It's to come down the ladder to Nashville. We're not here for us. We're here for others. We're not here to, to have a cool thing. We're here to serve people. We're not here to go find the coolest, most influential. That's amazing. But we're looking for the people who feel lost, who are hurting, who are desperate, who are broken, who are depressed. And we're going to go, I found a way. This is why we're here. It's our mission. Our mission statement at Way Church is so different. It's not like, like I hope you find your purpose. I, I hope you like do all the things that, that like I, I want, your life will matter. But, but I, I think what we gotta focus on is being with Jesus and all the other stuff will fall into place. All the other stuff will work. So our mission statement is to create a community that unbelievers wanna be a part of. That's why we're here. Because when I look at Jesus, what Jesus was best at besides saving me, was creating a community that unbelievers wanted to be a part of. He was a ladder to every city he walked into. So at Way Church, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do our best. We're gonna fail, we're gonna mess up. We're full of broken, hurting people who need Jesus. But we're gonna try to get better every single day at reaching down into Nashville and going, come on, this is the way. Follow me as I follow Christ. This is the way. Serve the Lord as we serve the Lord together. Come on, let's do it in community. Let's do it for our city. Let's do it for the families that are here, the young families, the old families. We're gonna be a multi-generational church. It's not gonna be just young people or just old people. It's gonna take all of us yelling, I found a way. I found a way. John 14, it's the most famous dinner conversation of all time. They're sitting there. Jesus is with the disciples. And Thomas ask this question. And it's such an interesting question. He says, but Lord, how can we know the way? Well, you have to know about Thomas. If you've never read about him, he was a disciple. And for the three previous years, he'd been following Christ. And so uh, he very clearly, you don't like quit your job and follow someone for three years if you don't believe he's the way. Like Thomas, if anyone knew that Jesus was the way, it was Thomas. And so when Thomas says, how can we know the way? It's an interesting question because he's not actually asking like, are you the best way for my life? And I think if you just like breeze through that, you're thinking, man, this guy still doesn't get it after three years. That's not what he's asking. He knows Jesus is the best way for his life. He's saying, how can I know the way to heaven? He's saying, I know you're the best way for this life, but what about the next one? He, he's, he's asking this question. He's, he's saying, how do I 
follow you into heaven? Thomas is the one who asked the question, but every other disciple at that table was thinking it. He was the one who had the boldness to ask the question. We give Thomas a bad rap. It's like, man, Thomas, you're always the guy who is either doubting or, or saying dumb things. It's not a dumb thing. This is the smartest thing anyone could have asked in that room. How can I know the way? Couple, uh, couple things you need to know about me. One, I love sports. You probably already know that. I've referenced it like four times. But um, for, for like the first half of my life, I really thought that I was going to be the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics. And I mean, I really believed it. And, and my parents are such amazing parents. They like supported that dream so, so well. Uh, so when I was like a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a point guard in the NBA. And they're like, yes, you are, buddy. You got this, buddy. You know, they're clapping. They didn't tell me nothing about genetics. They didn't tell me nothing about any of that stuff. They're just like, you got this, you know? And so uh, I remember the first time I realized that I didn't have this. Uh, I was 14 years old. My, my dad took me to an AAU tournament, which is like travel basketball. And we we're playing in this tournament and um, we were getting absolutely destroyed. I mean, like the other team was so much better than us. And there was a play, I ran back to get on defense and one guy threw it to the guy I was guarding and I, I was thinking I was playing good defense. I was in a good guarding position. He threw it to this guy who jumped so high, he literally jumped over my head, grabbed the ball and dunked it on me. It was like an angry dunk. Like you remember Elf? He's an angry elf. That's how it was. This guy was an angry elf. I mean, he just dunked on me. And, and I look over at my dad who's in the stands and he's like, you got this buddy, you know? And I just have one tear going right down this eye. So I, I realized I, I don't have it. You know, I, I was looking at this guy that I was playing defense against. He's apparently the same age as me, but he's got a full beard. He's a foot taller than me. He runs faster than me. He jumps higher than me. I was like, there's no way I'm going to play for the Boston Celtics. It was this, this first realization that, that, that I was not good enough to be an NBA basketball player. Thomas is having a similar realization in John 14. He's realizing, man, I'm a good person, but I'm never gonna be as good as Jesus. He, he's going, man, I do a lot of good things, but I'm never gonna be as righteous as Jesus. He, he's saying, I, I, like, I've changed a lot, but also there's a bunch of garbage in my life. And so he's realizing Jesus is the best way for my life, but what about for my eternity? Because these guys, they were all Jewish men and, and Jewish men, no matter, no matter where you grew up or what your family background was, you knew the law, you knew the Old Testament. And so when Thomas asked this question, he's very aware of Isaiah 64, six that says that our righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. He, he was very well aware that, that the one thing that disqualifies you from heaven is sin and he had tons of it. He was reminded of Romans 6.23 that says that the consequence of sin is death. He was reminded of 1 John 1.6 that says that sin separates us from God. In other words, he's sitting at the table and Jesus is saying, I'm about to go away. I'm going up into heaven. I'm going into my father's house. I'm going to prepare a way for you. And Jesus, Jesus is having this conversation and Thomas goes, oh shoot, I can't go there. As good as I am, as much as I've done, He's going, I, I don't think I can go there. And, and he says, how can I know the way? And Jesus looks at him and he says these words that will echo into eternity. I think, it's, I think it is one of the most powerful four words in the entire Bible. He says, I am the way. 
Thomas and the other disciples, who we didn't have time to read the whole passage, they still don't get it. They continue to ask questions like, what's the route? What's the strategy? What do we have to do? Like, is there something that we can do today to, to make sure that we get there? They didn't understand it, and I didn't understand it either when I first started following Jesus because I thought that, that I had to climb this ladder. Like, the ladder changed. I, I put my trust in Jesus. I was like, you know what? Like, who I am is, is not defined anymore by what I do. It's defined on who I know. Like, I, I, I got all of it. I was like, I'm a Jesus follower now. But then the ladder changed. It changed from worldly success, and then, and then it changed to this ladder of morality where I was like, man, I, I've been going to church, and everybody there talks the same. I've been going to church, and, and everybody there, like, acts the same. And, and, and I don't really want anybody to know about the mess that I have. And I don't really want anybody to know about the stuff that I've struggled with. And so what I'll do is, is I'll just start to climb this ladder of morality and religion. And so I won't tell anybody about what I'm going through. I'll raise my hands in worship when everyone else raises their hand. I'll make sure to post all the right things on Instagram. I'll make sure that nobody knows about the secret sin in my life. I'll just keep going up this ladder because if I could get to the top of this ladder, then maybe I can prove to Jesus that I'm worth dying for. Maybe if I can get to the top of this ladder, I'll truly actually believe that I'm a son of God. I didn't get it. Jesus says, I am the way. The disciples didn't get it. They didn't understand that in just a couple days, Jesus was going to walk to a cross. He was going to be whipped. They were going to drive nails through his hands and through his feet. They were going to put a crown of thorns on his head, not because he did something wrong, but because he did everything right. He was going to do that, lay down his life willingly because sin has to be paid for. And he knew that the disciples couldn't pay for their own. And so he walked to a cross and he died for them. Thomas says, how can I know the way, because Thomas thought, for me to get to heaven, I gotta get to the top of this ladder. This is where God is. But here's the thing, no matter how good you are at climbing this ladder, you cannot get into heaven. You have sin in your life. We've all, we've all sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus said, I am the way. This is why he said, I am the way. Because he was going to make a way for you. The disciples, they could only see the sin blocking this. But Jesus' eyes were fixed on the cross. Not because he just wanted something to do with his time. But because he loved you way before you ever loved him. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin, dying on the cross, being the once and, all, once and for all sacrifice, became sin so that you and I could become right with God, so that you and I could get up the ladder. Romans 8.1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus died so that this ladder would no longer exist. I thought I had to go up 
because I thought this is where Jesus would fall in love with me. Jesus didn't fall in love with me right here. Jesus didn't die for me right here. Jesus didn't go, okay, now I'll go. Jesus didn't say, I want you to make the first move. Jesus didn't say, why don't your outward appearance match what you say you believe? Why, why doesn't the, the inward match the outward? Why doesn't the outward match the inward first? No, he didn't say any of those things. He, he didn't say, you, you, I'll die for you. I'll love you once you hit a certain place on this morality ladder. He said, I will come to you in your most broken, in your most addicted in the mess, at the bottom of the ladder, I will come to you. I will love you. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. While you were a long ways off, Jesus came running to you. When you could do nothing to get up the ladder, Jesus said, I will come down the ladder to you. What I'm trying to say this morning is that you are not better at sinning than Jesus is at saving. You are not better at running than Jesus is at loving. You are not better at trying to climb up this ladder than Jesus is at coming down to the ladder and bringing you up into heaven. He said, I am the way. You did not find a way, a way found you. Where there was no way, there is one now through the person of Jesus Christ. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants a relationship with you. He brought you to Way Church so that you can make a decision to follow Jesus forever. It's not by your works. It's not by your morality. It's not by your life resume. It is by the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. This is the good news of the gospel. People say Jesus is king and they celebrate that. That's amazing, but the real good news is that we serve a king like Jesus, that he would lay his life down for a sinner like you and like me. This is why we started this church. It's so that people would walk in these doors or we would walk to them who are far from God and we would say, hey, there is a way up that ladder you've been trying to climb. Doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter what you think disqualifies you. It doesn't. Jesus wants a relationship with you more than any other thing. In fact, Jesus, while he was hanging on the cross, as he was experiencing the, the worst pain imaginable, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You want to know what gave Jesus joy as he was hanging on the cross? Thinking about someone like you and like me deciding to trust him with our life. It gave him joy. He thought, man, I want to be with them forever. So I'll do this for them. Would you close your eyes with me? I'd love if you're here. I don't want to be like, I want you to know this is so real. I don't want to be emotionally manipulative or try to hype this moment up. But if you're here and you would like a relationship with Jesus, he desperately wants a relationship with you. He is the best way for your life and he is the best way for your eternity. He is a loving, good God. Don't let an interaction with a person Distort your view of the one person that has never wronged you, that has never left you, that has never forsaken you, that loves you more than anything. If you're here and you'd like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, will you just slip up your hand with all the eyes closed so I know who I'm praying with? Can you just slip it up? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's amazing. That's amazing. Hands going up all over the room. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wow.
This is what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to have everybody here pray this prayer with us. But before we pray this, I, I wish someone would have explained this to me. Um, repeating this prayer does not save you. I, I'm going to give you some language to, to say, to pray this prayer, to invite Jesus into your heart. But saying this prayer doesn't save you. Believing this prayer saves you. And so I just want you to know that, that, that as we walk through this moment together, this incredible, the, the best moment of your entire life right here, I want you to know that, that it's not because you repeated a pastor's words, it's because you believed words that you spoke to a true God. That's what gets you into heaven. That's what changes you from the inside out. And so we're all, even people who've prayed this before, we're going to pray this with you because we're so excited right now that you're praying this prayer. Could you just repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus... Forgive me of my sin, the ones I remember and the ones that I don't. Take them all. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for doing what I couldn't, for giving me what I don't deserve. I receive your grace and your mercy and your love. I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. You can have the big and you can have the small and everything in between. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, can we celebrate? There were hands going up all over the room. Can we welcome them to the family of Jesus this morning? Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Let's celebrate. Let's praise God. Come on, let's lift our voice. Let's thank him for his goodness. Let's thank him for his mercy.